Good morning, everybody. Alex Melkar is here with you on WCSF. It is Couch Coach's brand new sports show we're trying out here on the station. Should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a great time doing this. We've got a great show lined up for you guys today, including Bears and NFL talk. Uh, we've got playoff previews with Nick Calabrese, formerly of the podcast The Breeze. I say formerly. They had a weird ending to the show. Kind of just stopped making it at some point, but that's fine. You know, we're here for it. You know, we're all about getting it done and working with them. So we're going to talk with Breezy. We're going to see uh, how he's doing to get his thoughts on the uh, NFL Super Wild Card weekend this hour. That's going to be a lot of fun. We've got Bulls talk in the second hour as well. If you didn't know, uh, they got beat bad. And when I, I when I say bad, I mean they got beat bad. Uh, the Nets, they're a juggernaut when they're healthy. And Kyrie Irving being back last night didn't help. James Harden couldn't miss. Uh, Kevin Durant was Kevin Durant. The Slenderman was back. It was ugly. And that gets us into our next segment. What is trending? What's trending today? Bulls got slapped, obviously. Twitter was on fire last night and i mean on fire i was a part of it uh follow me by the way at alex melkars that's at a-l-e-x-m-i-e-l-c-a-r-z uh that was one one heck of a ball game for the brooklyn nets and you know a lot of people on twitter complaining saying stuff like oh well you know the the bulls uh, rather the 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 refs were they were biased. They, they they had a bad game. I'd have to disagree. While in the first half, it might have seemed that way, the, the the Nets got a lot of whistles that I don't think they deserved. A lot of whistles. It's uh, certainly not, not what caused the Bulls to lose that game last night. It was 1,000% their effort, their execution that caused that game. You don't lose a game by 35-plus uh, because of the refs. You don't. You, you just don't. That's not basketball. Uh, also trending last night, John Lester retiring, the legendary lefty of the Chicago Cubs. 200 wins, most game one starts in MLB history. John Lester, you know, he'll, he goes in the same category for me in the Hall of Fame as Mark Burley does. You know, if you vote for one, you have to vote for the other. So it'll be really interesting to see when Lester's name comes onto the ballot, what people do with him. Because Mark Burley, I don't believe, is getting the respect he deserves on the Hall of Fame ballot just from the ones that I've seen posted on Twitter already. Uh, I don't believe Burley will make it in through this vote. He'll have to wait for the Veterans Committee to get him in. And, you know, it, it's really unfortunate because I, I, well, I'm a White Sox fan. You know this. Oh, you should know this if you listen to my other shows. I'm, I'm a huge, huge proponent of Mark Burley being in the Hall of Fame. I, I, I think he's one of the better pitchers our, uh, our game has ever seen. But, obviously, some other people don't feel the same way. Also trending last night, Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, uh, he's been very active on Twitter uh, during these Bulls games as of late, especially during the nine-game win streak, and last night against, uh, two nights ago, rather, against the Pistons. Last night, didn't hear much from him, and uh, that's because people were tweeting at him the entire game. We need you back on the floor. We need you back, because the Bulls defensively last night looked like garbage. They were a wet paper towel. A wet paper towel. It was uh, it was bad <laughs> defensively for the uh, Bulls last night. But you know you can't you can't win them all, I guess. But you you kind of expect a team like the Bulls to do better than that. But like I say, 
we will uh, we'll circle back to that later on in the show because it it, it is one thousand percent worth circling back to. But uh, let's talk some bears. Oh yeah. Bear down. Yeah, so if if you haven't been living under a rock the past few days, you you should know that uh the Bears have started the interview process for the next head coach GM. Uh my picks are in. Uh but before we even get to that, we have to we have to dissect what the heck is going on with uh, Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, because it has just been brutal, brutal, uh, especially George McCaskey's dumpster fire of a press conference he gave early this week. Uh, first off, they actually made the right decision for once. They they got rid of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, which. It was time. It was definitely time for Matt Nagy. There were still people. To, there were still people out there in support of Ryan Pace. I, I could not get behind that. Um, look, he's drafted fantastically well. He's been a great proponent uh, of getting Bears great late draft picks. Look at Herbert this year. He was a sixth round steal. Matt Nagy didn't use him right. That's grounds for dismissal for Matt Nagy alone. Uh, there's plenty of that got Matt Nagy fired, but. Getting Ryan Pace, I think if we were able to get him up in the uh, organization so that he could focus primarily on the draft, because he was not very good when it came to managing cap, the, the, the salary cap. He just wasn't. That, that's just the way it is. And call it like I see it. He just was not as good as he could have been managing the cap. So when it all comes down to it, you know, Ryan Pace, it was time for... It, 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 it was his time, you know. Uh, two playoff appearances, only, what, two winning seasons with him at the helm? It, it's, I don't want to say it's inexcusable, but you expected more from Ryan Pace. The Bears thought it was time to move on, and I agree with them. Plenty of people out there, there's plenty of people in the media, especially, still thought Ryan Pace had an opportunity to stick around. I, I disagree. I, I disagree with that sentiment. But, you know, after the firing, they obviously went on on Monday, gave a press conference, and had a uh, had me rolling around in my chair laughing out of how bad it was. It, it was brutal. It was a brutal press conference from George McCaskey. Uh, it started out well. Started out well. Uh, obviously announced the firing of Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy. Uh, eventually went to Ted Phillips, no longer being involved in football, which is good. But then he later backtracks on that and says that Ted Phillips will be involved in choosing the next coach and GM, which, oh, dear God. Like, it is just not ideal at all for, for this organization. It's, it's, not what they, it's not what they're about. Like, Ted Phillips has been around long enough and has, had enough, has made enough poor decisions that you should know by now that he's not going to get the job done. Maybe, and maybe his judgment is not the best when it comes to football decisions. But they're going to keep him on the committee anyways to search for the new coach. And I could go on and on about Ted Phillips. I really could. I do think 
him and George McCaskey are ultimately what's holding back the Chicago Bears. I really do. But George obviously doesn't see it that way. He sees Ted Phillips. In fact, he trusts Ted Phillips. He said, I trust Ted. Direct quote, I trust Ted. Why? How? Ah, that is extremely frustrating. As just a fan, just as a fan, you sit here and you watch these games. I dedicate so much time, and yet George McCaskey trusts his judgment. The board, in fact, that his mother is on, and it's all family and close friends of his, they gave them George McCaskey's approval. They said, George, you're doing a great job. We'd like you to continue to be head of the board. What? That didn't need to be part of the press conference. I didn't need to know your mom still supported what you were doing. And God bless Virginia McCaskey's soul. I, the woman, is a legend in, in, in sports. She just is. But to tell the world that Virginia approves of what you're doing... And then to later admit in the press conference that you are just a fan and that you don't know a lot about football. Your whole bloodline is football. You you are the bloodline of the Chicago Bears. All you should know is football. And yet he doesn't. It's incredibly frustrating. It, it, it's hard to listen to. It's hard to watch. And, you know, for all of two hours after the firing, we were excited as Bears fans. We were all excited. But, of course, stabbed in the back immediately. Immediately stabbed in the back. Couldn't even, couldn't even wait for us to, you know, celebrate properly. They stabbed us in the back immediately. Said Ted Phillips on, uh, still around. George McCaskey still around. And how can you keep him around? Bears are 79 and 98 in the past 11 seasons with George McCaskey. 11 seasons, 79 and 98. Only two playoff appearances. There are only four teams that have fewer, and the Bears are one of seven teams without a playoff win in the past 11 years. How can you... How First of all, how can Virginia approve of this? How can anyone on that board look at these numbers and say, yep, George got to stick around. He's going to be the one to turn us around. George has been the reason for failure. He fired Lovey Smith after a 10-6 season. That makes no sense. Makes zero sense. And now we're going to trust him with finding another head coach after striking out with Mark Tressman, John Fox, and Matt Nagy? We want him to find another GM? No. It's... It's nonsensical. It's nonsensical. Thank God joining him on the search committee will be Hall of Fame General Manager Bill Polian, Senior VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Tanisha Wade, and Lamar Campbell, all, a.k.a. Soup. All of my trust is in Bill Polian and Lamar Campbell. Look, Bill Polian, not the best talent evaluator when it comes to football. We all know he had uh, Lamar Jackson slated as a wide receiver running back. That was, uh, that, that was ugly. But... He's a Hall of Fame general manager, so he knows what it takes to fill the role as GM. We just hope that, you know, they find someone who's not racist. Like, that's, that, that's it. You know, someone who's not 
a poor talent evaluator in the modern game. In his time, Bill Pullian, one of the best, obviously, Hall of Famer. But when it comes to the modern game, I don't think Bill Pullian's as in touch as he thinks he is. Another big part of the press conference on Monday, the Olin Krutz drama. What's that about? Olin Krutz claimed late last week before the game against the Vikings that the Bears offered him a job at $15 an hour to be a line coach. And he thought that to be a slap in the face. And if I were Olin Krutz, I would agree. One of the best to ever do it for the Chicago Bears uh, on the line. And he considered what the Bears did to him to be a slap in the face. Uh... This is pretty close. It's pretty close to it, getting offered $15 an hour. George McCaskey comes out, denies it. Just denies it, comes out, straight up says, nope, didn't happen. That, that's a lie. He calls Olin Krutz a liar and pretty much cuts off any chance of the Bears having a relationship with him in the future. Which, again, I no skin off of Olin Krutz's back, I would have to think. Because with the direction of this uh, organization, I don't think that's something he wants to wrap himself in. He, he just doesn't. He also made a fool of himself during that press conference trying to uh, throw a shot at David Haw of WSCR. Here, l- l- listen to this. This is just, this is absurd. You're, you're muted, David. David, you're muted. Sorry about that. Hello, George. So that was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Um, when you are in the room with these candidates, who is with you, and and how do you envision? How about that from David Haw? Isn't that awesome? He fired right back. That's the best part of that clip. And I, in, listener at home or in the car, wherever you are, if you haven't seen the clip, find it at uh, Darth Whale on Twitter. Tweeted it. It's fantastic. Um, you also, as soon as David Hogg claps back, George goes right for the water. Long sip, long sip. He knows he's lost. He knows he lost. Why would you even take a shot at one of the more respected writers in, in, in the town of Chicago when it comes to your organization? Why? You, you, you don't win. There's, there is no winning in that situation. There, there, there is no winning. And yet... You try anyways, because, well, why the heck not? Why the heck not? So my choices are in. I have my picks for who I want. They started interviewing yesterday. They interviewed Doug Peterson uh, for the head coaching position, which uh, I don't think anyone in Chicago is amped up about. They also interviewed general manager candidate Glenn Cook, which I would eventually get on board with if we do decide going with Glenn Cook but he's not my first choice Cook at least has been on the field as an NFL player but he he would definitely not be my first choice my first choice for general manager at this moment in time I want Ed Dodds of the Colts I want Ed Dodds he has been he worked his way up in the NFL started as a scout made his way up to assistant GM with the Colts, where he is now, and he has evaluated and has been responsible for drafting some elite talent. And I mean elite talent. We're talking Quentin Nelson, one of the best linemen in the entire league, Michael Pittman, Rock Yassin, 
Uh, those are all with the Colts. Tyler Lockett, Richard Shor- Sherman, Golden Tate. He evaluated all these players as scouts from the Seahawks. Uh, he evaluated Bobby Wagner, Tyler Lockett, Richard Sherman, Golden Tate, Russell Wilson, Earl Thomas. The list goes on and on and on and on. He knows what it takes in college to make it to the NFL in terms of evaluating this talent. He does. He has a very high success rate. He's found some late-round steals as well as some early-rounders. I mean, you got Bobby Wagner in there, Quentin Nelson from O-Line U, Notre Dame University, stand-up UND Nation. It's To me, it's very obvious that he should be number one in the minds of many involved at Hallis Hall. He has to be. He's the most qualified, and he has a proven track record. We need to stop with these experimental things. And I think Ryan Pace was due when we hired him. He was due for a general manager job. It just, it's unfortunate it didn't work out here. I do believe he'll get an opportunity somewhere else. I honestly would not be surprised if he goes north to Minnesota because he would be a, I think he'd do a great job recruiting talent up there, uh, signing talent and uh, drafting it. But many people disagree think ryan pace you know his time's done in football i don't know about that i don't know about that he'll be back he will definitely definitely be back the bears also interviewing uh like i said today interviewing glenn cook cook will he'll He's an okay choice, like I said. As a player, he knows what it takes to get there. He's, he's been out there on the field. He knows what these guys go through. So I, when it comes to free agent recruitment, I think he'd be a good fit there. But he's definitely not my first choice, and I haven't seen anyone in Chicago writing about him as their first choice either. Uh, same goes for Doug Peterson. Look, uh, I saw some people talking about how Chicago would be amped up about getting Doug Peterson. Yeah, we got a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, he did it with Nick Foles. I don't, I don't want him. One winning season with the Eagles, and it's the year you went to the Super Bowl. One. I, I really, I, I, I don't want him. Who do I want? My first choice, Harbaugh. Oh, I want Jim Harbaugh so bad. Oh. Get him to come from Michigan. That, that, that would be ideal, I think, for the Chicago Bears in the long run. Former Bears quarterback making his way back home to be head coach of the Bears, and I know he's interested in an NFL opportunity. He's said it. He has said he would happily go to the NFL. I hope he means it. And he, right now there's reports saying they're circulating pro football focus saying that he is negotiating a, renegotiating a contract with Michigan. I think it's all a game. It's all a game to Harbaugh. You know, he's, uh, he's going to seriously consider an opportunity in the league. And... There are going to be very few jobs I think he actually takes. One of them has to be the Chicago Bears. I think he would 1,000% take the Bears job, and I think there's also a chance he could end up with the Giants. But I I do think the Bears job will be most appealing to him, obviously, because he's one of the last competent quarterbacks the Bears had. Full disclosure, I am a Mitchell Trubisky truther, but that's my statement about uh, Harbaugh's stance. It stands. (laughs) Obviously, Harbaugh, 
44, 19, and 1 in the NFL, 119, and 51 in college. How do you not want that? An established winner. It's going to be... It's, it's going to be hard to not justify at least trying. You have to try. And he hasn't accepted any NFL interviews yet, obviously. And like I said, it could all just be a long run, a game in the long run for him just to get an interview with uh, Michigan for a contract extension. It could all just be a ploy to get an NFL interview. Who knows? You know, we're not hardball. I don't know what's going on in his head. But, but part of me really hopes he comes to Chicago. And part of me really thinks he will. But if he doesn't, close second place, Brian Flores. What a joke the Miami Dolphins are for letting Brian Flores go after what he did this season. Going 9-8 and eight with Tua Tagovailoa. I'm sorry, 8-9. and nine. No, check that. 9-8. and eight. I was right. 9-8. and eight. The Dolphins, two winning seasons back-to-back from Brian Flores. They fired him. They fired him. Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback, one of the streakiest guys in the NFL, and they fire him. And he's not even an offensive guy. He's defensive-minded. And yet they still throw him to the curb. What the heck were the Dolphins doing letting this kind of talent go? The Bears would be ridiculous not to make Flores a top priority when it comes to former NFL coaches. He is number two on my list for a reason. Flores, consecutive winning seasons in Miami. He won eight straight this year after a very poor start. Won eight straight games with the Dolphins. Uh, regardless of who the opponents are, that eight-game win streak, that's hard to do in the NFL. I don't care who they're playing. And people on Twitter talking about, oh, the, the, the record uh, the, the, doesn't count. They played a weak schedule. It's the NFL. These are professional quarterbacks and athletes. These are professional athletes out there on the field. Why? Why is that? so hard for people to comprehend. I don't care if the team is bad. They're getting paid to play football. These are athletes. They're going to show up week in and week out and prepare and play hard. There's no tanking in the NFL. There isn't. These athletes go out there and try to win every week. Look at the Jaguars. You tell me they didn't put in effort? Look at the Lions. You're telling me the Lions tanked this year? The Lions were the best worst team in the NFL by far. They were competitive in every game they played. They just couldn't get over the hump to win. So firing Brian Flores by the Miami Dolphins is a loss for them. It should be the Chicago Bears' win. It should be. It should be. A Flores hire, however, I think does come with a few conditions, one of them being we have to find a new offensive coordinator. Because like I said, Flores is a... uh, Flores is a uh, defensive-minded coach. So to have him, you know, head up this offense with Justin Fields is not the best idea. What is, though, is getting rid of Bill Lazor and finding somebody else. Right now, who is that? I don't know. Maybe if we could pull Bill's offense coordinator, Brian Dabble. I love him. Byron Leftwich of the Bucks. You know, these are all options for offensive coordinator jobs, but they're also interviewing for the head coaching job. Uh, Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, Bucks defensive co- co- coordinator, excuse me, Todd Bowles also interviewing. Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dabble and Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier all have been requested to be interviewed and all will interview eventually. So there's lots of options for this Bears team. 
But if Brian Flores is not your top option that's actually in the NFL right now, there's gonna I'm gonna have some questions for uh, George McCaskey and his and, and his group. Let's call it let's call it a group. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back. We're gonna have Breezy on the line. We are gonna talk some NFL football. Super Wild Card Weekend breakdown is next right here on 88.7 FM WCSF. Welcome back to. Couch Coaches, I'm your host, Alex Milkars. Joining me now on the Couch Hotline, it's Nick Calabrese, formerly of the Breeze Podcast. Breezy, talk to me, baby. Hey, how's it going out there? It's going all right, I'd have to say. I mean, uh, other than uh, having to go through the pain of being a Bears fan, I think uh, I think life is good. I think life is good. Yeah, well, I'm a Maple Leaf fan, so I'm not used to winning either. Eh, well, you guys are doing a lot better recently, aren't you? Yeah, we're, not, we're doing good now, but wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't talk about being a Leafs fan no, right we, now. You guys got it good. Right? You guys got it good right now. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right, yeah, so Super it. Wild Card Weekend is here finally. Uh, seven teams making the playoffs from each division. We've got a uh, we've got a jam packed schedule coming up here, including first game on the list, three thirty Saturday NBC. Let's start in the AFC, uh, three thirty. Saturday, NBC, Las Vegas at Cincinnati. Cincinnati be favored by five and a half. Cincy and Vegas both coming off emotional wins. Vegas, that five and a half, uh, rather that uh, huge victory in overtime over the Chargers. So much weird stuff going on. The, 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 the knee game was potential, you know, just to go for the tie. Breezy, who do you got in this one? I honestly like Cincinnati. I'm a big fan of their offense. Led by Joe Burrow, MVP candidate. Obviously, won't win it because of Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. But you got Joe Mixon out of the backfield. You got T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and who's they got the other stud too? Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I love it. So I, I really, I really like Cincinnati's offense in this one. That's who I'm going with. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I, I've got Cincy in this one. Uh, Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow might just be one of the best, you know, one-two punches in the NFL right now. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no way around it. They are. They are one of the best one-two punches in the NFL. And they're right up with there, honestly, in my opinion, with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. They have to be. Yeah. They have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Because what, what Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow do week in and week out, it, it, it's so much fun to watch, honestly. You, I know. This you, is now... Cincinnati is now must watch football, man. That offense, they have a good, oh, absolutely. good core of offensive players just as exposed to Kansas City. Yeah, fo- football is better when Cincinnati is good, don't you think? Don't, 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 don't yeah. you think it's a better product when this franchise is out there playing like they are this year? Absolutely. It, their jerseys also look better when they're winning, don't you think? They're yeah. an ugly jersey when yeah. they're losing. <laughs> yeah, they are ugly. I'm a Burrow, but now I would. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. Yeah, I, I, I really love what Burrow's doing out there in, uh, in Cincy. I think it's, a, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him develop as a quarterback and as a, just as an athlete, as an NFL player. So we've both got Cincy in that one. I, I think that's where the majority of public money is as well, is on Cincinnati. I, I think that's a smart pick this weekend. Game number two, Saturday, CBS 7:15, New England at Buffalo. This one's hard. This is round number three. Uh, sub-zero temperatures are forecasted. Buffalo's favored by four points. 
the team split the season series. Buffalo won the first matchup 33-21, and then New England won that snowball 14-10 on Monday Night Football. This is a hard one to call. You know, I, I have a feeling you're, you're a big Mac Jones guy, and I also have a feeling that I'm going to disagree with you on that. Yeah, I, I like Mac Jones. I really do. I honestly, but I like Josh Allen more at home. I can't, I just think home field advantage, and especially in the NFL, means so much more than anywhere else. And playing in Buffalo is tough. And I think having that crowd behind Josh Allen and the Bills will just lead them to victory. And Josh Allen, Josh Allen is going to be due to have a big game. He, he hasn't been the Josh Allen as, as we have that we project him to be yet, but I think he just do. I think it's his time. Yeah, Josh Allen has not played like Josh Allen can as of late. Um, he started out the year pretty hot and was an MVP candidate through, what, the first six weeks? Yeah. He, he has been, you know, not quite the same guy since that time. And like you said, he's due to come back. He, he's due to come back. I think part of it is, though, playing in Buffalo, honestly. I think yeah. I think Josh Allen would throw for 350 yards if they just built a dome every game. At home, he'd throw for 350 yards plus. Yeah. The kid's got a cannon. He's got a cannon. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Don't get me wrong, though. I'm a big Matt Jones fan. I don't know if it's the system he's in or if it's just him. But I, I'm picking Buffalo, but I'm not going to be shocked to how New England can pull it out, though, because it's still Belichick. It's never bet against him. It's like betting against Brady. Yeah, uh, Mac Jones, rookie quarterback, first time in the playoffs. I mean, I the guy's won a national championship, so I don't think the pressure is going to get to him, right? No, no. It, 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 it'd be wild to think that it would, but but still, rookie quarterbacks make rookie mistakes. Mac Jones is no exception to that rule. He may make less than others, but I think when it comes to the playoffs, we'll see more of a rookie quarterback type performance from Mac Jones. I've got Buffalo in this one. Four points. Uh, that's yeah, close. I, I don't. I just like I. I do think Buffalo's gonna win in the end. I just don't think Bill Belichick's gonna put the ball. Like, Bill Belichick's gonna have a game plan to take all the pressure off Mac Jones. Yeah, and I think it'll be a very similar game plan to what we saw Monday Night Football. I yeah. say very similar. I have Mac Jones obviously, obviously throw a lot more because it won't be snowing and windy and wild and all that. Yeah. But, but it will be sub-zero, so I do think running the football will be number one on the priority list for uh, Bill Belichick and company. Yeah, I agree. So I've got Buffalo there. You know what? New England, probably good shot to cover there. Good shot to cover for them there, minus four. No, I, I do like the point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Buffalo to win straight up, or both of our picks again. All right. Big Ben's retirement party. Steelers at the Chiefs, yeah, 715 on Sunday. Uh, Big Ben's swan song. Kansas City, minus 12 and a half. What do you got for yeah. me, Breezy? Um, Kansas City by like <laughs> by like I don't even I don't even know if it's a point goal. Yeah, this is gonna be a retirement party. Like everybody come on out, it's gonna take early. Yeah, like, say your goodbyes. Say your goodbyes. About half time, <laughs> this one should be about wrapped up. Yeah, Kansas City just toys with them. Yeah, Big Ben and company. Uh, I wish they weren't in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I hate to be that guy, but it would be so much more fun to be watching Justin Herbert and that team right now than it would be to watch Big Ben stumble around the pocket for four quarters and get beat by 15 by the Chiefs. And the Chargers would probably lose that game too, but it'd be another great quarterback matchup because, I mean, they did it last yeah, year. Yeah, that'd be another Sunday night football game with Exactly. It, it, you know what? The fact that we get to watch that twice a year now, awesome. Herbert versus Mahomes yeah. twice a year, 
That is must-see yeah. TV. If one, Those have to be Sunday night and Monday night every year. I don't care when they play. Stop putting the yeah. Packers and Bears on Sunday night. Start putting the Chargers and Chiefs on Sunday night. I agree. And who knows you after this offseason? I mean, Aaron Rodgers getting traded to Denver. You can have a lot of marquee matchups in that division. Oh, come on now. You really believe that? I, I, I think he's done in Green Bay after this year. But that's I, I, I believe Denver. that. I believe he's done in Green Bay. But Denver? I think he's going to Denver. Hmm. I mean, mile high, man, could probably add an extra 10 yards. Your betting record with me is not good. Say that again? <laughs> I said your betting record with me is not good if you want to punch the on this one. Oh, come on now. You know what? Listener, if you don't know, uh, I owe this man Portillo's for a bet from two years ago. I will give you the Portillo's. I will. We just haven't been in the same town at the same time. It, it, That's right. It, it will happen. I, I am a man of my word. I respect my word. Now I, I got your viewers. The yeah, the audience knows. They'll be on me. They they follow me on Twitter. The, the, all all five of our listeners will uh, they'll be on me. Yeah. <laughs> the Big Ben yeah. Swan song. Kansas City. They win big. Uh, look, Kansas City started out real cold this year. Real real cold. Uh, I honestly, yeah. I don't want to say I, I wrote. Yeah, I don't want to say I wrote them off, but I I didn't think they would come back this strong. No, they came back, and, they, and their defense, it's not even a defense that I'm most impressed with. I just believe the Green Bay game, see, I know Aaron Rodgers didn't play, but that was the game I noticed that's a little different. Yeah, it, the defense in the past has been the weak point of the Chiefs, and I would say it still is. We'll see which defense we get this week against Big Ben and company, but when it comes to this off, uh, this defense rather for the Chiefs, the key is just the pat, defending the run. Right, you have to defend right. the run. If a team is able to open up the run game on the Chiefs, I, I I like where it's going. I don't think the Steelers will be able to do that. I don't think the Steelers will be able to cover. I think it'll be the Chiefs by a million. I watch the game for the first half and then turn it off and you know do whatever you got to do to get ready for right. Monday. Exactly. This is something you put on the TV and then walk away. Uh, Big Ben. Loses his swan song, big time. That's a prediction, at least. If it doesn't happen, good God. <laughs> if it doesn't happen, I'm playing the lottery. <laughs> Have you not been playing the lottery? Mega Millions has been up, like what? Ridiculous amounts. I've been playing. Yeah, but in Illinois, they tax you, man. So they, <laughs> they tax it everywhere. Don't even get me started. <laughs> All right, so here's the big question for you. Who, right now, looking at the board in the AFC, is going to the Super Bowl? If you were to tell me who I am, who am I putting money on? Sure. Kansas City. They've been there, done that. They're hot. I, I just, I can never bet against Mahomes right now. He's been there too many times. You're a Mahomes lover boy. I, I am a Mahomes lover boy. Not as much like a Tom Brady and Rodgers, but oh my God. quarterback in this playoff. You, you just love, you love two things in life. You love Patrick Mahomes, uh, three things. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, we'll make that four things. Tom Brady. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, don't you? That's right. <laughs> Just in that order. I've got you pegged. I've got you pegged. <laughs> you are an easy read. So me personally, my AFC pick, hot take, that's not really a hot take. I got the Titans. Yeah, I like the Titans too, but I just we gotta see with Derrick Henry coming back. And yeah, the that's the thing. Well, it's I gotta. We have to I have the Derrick Henry of old. That's what we have to have. We have to have a a fully healthy Derrick Henry, and I don't know if we're gonna have that. For me, Kansas City is the new New England, where you just gotta beat them. Yeah, 
I like that's the only reason. Like football is different. Football to me is one of the most I wanna wanna say predictable, but it's one of the most like we can guess on it pretty you know, you got the talent, like you know how good that talent is. There's girls that turn it can beat Kansas City consistently. I just I can't bet against Kansas City. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh I can because I'm a hater and I would much I I, I, I would much rather uh, see something different. You know, I like variety when the Chicago Bears aren't doing anything. I like variety, and I like entertainment. Uh, Kansas City are great entertainers, uh, but I do think they are uh, vulnerable because, I mean, just go back to the Cincinnati game. They dropped that one to the Bengals. Who says they can't do it again yeah, in the playoffs? Houston's beatable. It's just, can you beat them at the right time? Yeah. And, uh, Everybody's beatable. Tampa's beatable, Green Bay's beatable. Mm-hmm. Everybody's beatable on any uh, Sunday. I hate to say it, I don't think Green Bay's beatable. We'll get to that in, in a minute, but I don't think Green Bay's beatable. So my top two picks out of the AFC, Cincinnati or Tennessee, Those one of those two is going. I think Kansas City will trip up along the way. I, I think they'll get co- uh, cursed by Jackson Mahomes. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think the Chiefs uh, can't get it done this year. At least I hope not. Uh, j- just for pure entertainment value. Yeah, I know. Like, don't get me wrong. When I do, and I hope I'm wrong, but I would love to see Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. That'd be awesome. Or uh, Tennessee. Just imagine the videos we get of Joe Burrow after a Super Bowl win. With yeah, know, smoking man. a cigar or something. Oh, my God. Yeah, I still I watch that video of him after the LSU like championship. Say that again? Uh, I like the way he Kind of doesn't care. Yeah, ultimate professional. I he carries him. He carries himself. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's the ultimate professional. I love Joe Burrow. Big Joe Burrow fan. After this year, after, yeah. Last year, yeah, the ACL injury, and uh, we're we're seeing his true potential, and it, it's a yeah. lot of fun. It is a lot of fun to watch. So AFC preview. Heard it here first. Breezy's got the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. I've got uh, I've got the Titans because um, I'm risky like that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna backpedal in two weeks and say Cincinnati. We'll just watch, just listen. It'll be right here on the show. It will be brutal, and you guys can yell at me. <laughs> WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. Alex with you. We're talking to Breezy, formerly of the Breeze Podcast. I say formerly of. They don't do it no more, but go listen to some of the old episodes. I'm a guest on it. We talk some baseball, and I yell a lot. <laughs> oh, the good old days, right? Yeah, those were good old COVID days. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh. You hear that? What's that noise? That's the sound of a Lombardi trophy, baby. (laughs) (laughs) NFC Super Wild Card Weekend. Oh, I think these games are better than the AFC. I really do. I think the NFC is a much better slate from top to bottom. The NFC NFC is way more, way more better. I I, I think it's a much better slate of football than, uh, than what we're getting from... The AFC. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that Vegas Cincy game and that new check that that New England Buffalo game. That's probably going to be my game of the week. But mm-hmm. from top to bottom, I do think the NFC is going to have much better football because I mean they don't have Kansas City, uh, Pittsburgh playing. So that's just yeah. me. <laughs> that's just me. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, noon on Fox. Philly, Tampa. 
Yeah, that was an easy pick for you. You didn't even this let is, me finish. This is, <laughs> Tampa, this, this might be worse than the, uh, it's like the whole AP drama. I'm thinking, you know, every time you just Tom Brady a little bit, you could tell Tom Brady's having a bad hair day. Yeah. And <laughs> this is going to be a runaway. This might be worse than the Kansas City game. In my opinion, I know they played them tight in Philly, but that was in Philly. This is that was in Philly. Yeah, Philly hasn't held a playoff spot all year until the last week. They sneak in by the skin of their teeth. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't know if I... I Tom Brady. Who's yeah. good? Who's good? This, is, this isn't exactly a quarterback battle out there. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they drafted a rookie wide receiver in Jalen Rieger. Has yeah, less receiving yards than Jalen Waddle, who hasn't played in the league since week eight. Yeah. That, 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 that tells you something. In fact, Jalen no, Waddle has Philly's double the yards. Yes, I agree. Uh, Eagles lose this one. Tampa Bay minus 12 and a half. They're actually giving more to Tampa Bay than they are to Kansas City right now. Mind-boggling. Which is, isn't it wild to think about? I think the Eagles can put up a better fight than Big Ben-led Steelers, but hey, what do I know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't handicap for a reason. I know. But, but I, I think it's again, throwing up Tom Brady, who I think is the MVP of the league. I know, and I know, to make the debate for Aaron Rodgers, I would have been bummed if Rodgers won. I'm a fan of both of them. Yeah. I think Tom Brady is leading in every offensive category other than interceptions, which you can't really, I mean, they got to go somewhere, but a lot of Brady's picks this year were batted balls and tips. Yeah. You can make that excuse for every quarterback except for Rodgers. I don't know how it happens, but his tipped balls Rogers. just fall harmlessly every time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know Brady. I mean, but Brady leads in every offensive category yeah. other than those two categories. He has the same record. That's why I just, Tom Brady's playing on a different level. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tom Brady runs away with this one. And look, even with all the drama, with the AB drama, who cares? Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's not going to let that affect him, right? No, he, he's a cyborg. <laughs> he's a cyborg. I like that. I mean, he is. He is super human. I don't know what kind of supplements they got him on to perform at this level, but... I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they're serving in the CP12, but get me on it. I need some of the... I, I need some of Tom Brady's supplement plans. So if any of you guys out there... Our Tom Brady's trainer, if you could send me his uh, regiment, that would be greatly appreciated. I think I think that goes for Breezy, too. Yeah, please, Tom. <laughs> All right. That game, easy pick. Tampa Bay, they win and cover. San Francisco at Dallas, 330 CBS. And Nick, by the way, who's going to be your MVP of this one? <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Wait, the wait, what was the game? I'm sorry. You're cutting out. Oh, no worries. San Francisco at Dallas on CBS and on Nickelodeon. Who's your MVP? Who dethrones? Who dethrones Mitchell Trubisky as MVP? And who do you have winning this game? Oh, man. This is tough. I like, I like, I like Dallas. I think, I like Dallas. I think you can win that award. I mean, it's either going to be Zeke or Dak. Yeah. I mean, Zeke, have a big game. let's talk about Zeke, though. Zeke has not had any big games this year. I, he hasn't made a headline. No, no he has not. So I, I don't know how, first of all, I don't, it's a miracle that Dallas did what they did this year, honestly. I get it, they play in the NFC Beast, um, which this year was not much of a beast. But, you know, you, you expect more out of uh, Ezekiel Elliott down uh, throughout this stretch of the season if you're a uh, yeah. Eagles fan. You just do. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. Rather a uh, cowboy fan, and you just didn't get it this year. It's a, uh, it's a weird case that they were able to do what they did, grab the three seed, I believe, and run with it. You know, without the running game of Ezekiel Elliott, despite him being healthy for a majority of the year. Right. Exactly. I agree. And it is for those reasons I've got San Francisco winning this ball game. Uh, big comeback last week. Uh, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo looked a lot better in that second half against the Rams last week than he did in the first half. That first half was ugly. I thought the uh, Rams were going to run away with it, win by 50-plus. <laughs> but uh, right, yeah, no. they turned it around. Jimmy Garoppolo found a way. And uh, I, I trust Jimmy G. I, I liked Jimmy G when he filled in in New England. I was off yeah. the Jimmy G bandwagon for a little bit when he came to San Francisco. Tried to do his own thing for a little bit. Wasn't the biggest fan. Uh Barely a top 15 quarterback in the league, but but I like him over the Cowboys. And once again, I'm a Cowboys hater. There's nothing that makes me happier yeah, than watching the Cowboys lose. I will pick against the Cowboys every day until the day I die, unless they're playing. Um, actually, no. Green Bay. Yeah, unless I needed them to beat Green Bay for some reason. I'm I'm uh, I'm anti-Dallas. For those reasons, I'm taking San Francisco. Dallas getting three points in this game, by the way, too. Dallas minus three. I take I take the points too. I mean, I mean, if Dallas is gonna lose, they ain't gonna be by fifteen. Yeah, they ain't gonna be by. Boy, it's gonna be close if they lose. That's how Dallas is. They'll break the heart at the end with the last minute field goal. Good. I hope I hope they do break all of Dallas, uh, Texas heart. <laughs> Everyone, I hate to be that guy. If you're if you're in our listening area and you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, unless you are from Dallas, Texas, you are a bandwagon. Sorry, hate to be that guy. Just are. You just lost all your viewers now. Yeah. I don't think we have anyone listening anyways. And if you are listening, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. Alex Melkar is here with you talking with Nick Calabrese of The Breeze, formerly of The Breeze. Look at him up, look him up on YouTube. You guys can get stuff there, uh, some old stuff there. But uh, I made some points about George Kasky, Ted Phillips on that podcast, and uh, they still stand. In fact, if you listen to earlier in the show when I went off on George McCaskey, you would hear a lot of crossover from my appearances on the breeze. <laughs> yeah, man, they gotta get they gotta sell that thing. Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, somewhere, buy it, buy them, buy, buy the Bears, stadium. build the dome. We need a dome. We need to host a Super Bowl in Chicago. I agree. It'd be ridiculous not to. Agreed. All right, Arizona. At the LA Rams, Arizona eight and one on the road uh, on the year, had a losing record in their own stadium. But the Los Angeles Rams getting four points minus four LA. What do you got, Arizona at the LA? Rams? The Rams, the Hollywood. I call it LA Hollywood. Man. Oh they come on! Fun, they are a fun team. They have Stafford is great. Cooper Cup, great. Odell is looking really good in LA. It looks like I could like fit there in the red zone. I like LA. I don't know. I don't know what's the points about on that one. Uh, minus four Rams. I think I take the points still. <laughs> I'll I tell you I who I got right now. I got Kyler Murray. The shorty's taking me to the promised land. Uh, the Ant Man. Oh come on! Be nice. <laughs> Play nice. No, he's great. He's great. Play he's nice. <laughs> I've got I've got the uh, Arizona Cardinals. They're so much fun to watch. Uh, this game is for Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, if he's not on the sideline, I'll probably cry a tear. But um, you know, Arizona eight one on the road. How are you that good on the road in the NFL? 
and have a losing record at home. How does that happen? Arizona. It's a weird state. It is a weird state. I'll give you that. And it's for those reasons. This team has showed up on the road time and time again. I think this time will be no different. I think Arizona, Kyler Murray, you know, L.A.'s got a decent defense, but... Decent. They got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. You know what? I'll give Jalen Ramsey credit right now. I'll give Jalen Ramsey credit right now. Last year, uh, at this time, I was talking about how he was not the Jalen Ramsey of old. He came back a little bit this year. He's had a nice season. LA is going to shock you, I think, this playoff run. I really do. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I would not be surprised if they did. But I like Arizona in this one. Arizona on the road has been a juggernaut this year. Uh, I just, I just don't think they have. I, I, I don't think the LA Rams have the athletes defensively to contain Kyler Murray to the pocket because we all know what Kyler does when he gets outside the pocket. He makes magic happen. Yeah, well, no, yeah, I could do that. Ray, um, Ray pulled back outside the pocket, but we'll see. You got to do it though. You yeah. got to win the game. You need to have faith in him. If you're LA, do you put a spy on Kyler? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Roger Hopkins gonna play. I don't think I've seen a uh, injury report on D Hop yet, but I would assume he's in. He's bad for a game thing. If he plays, I mean, you think your whole off, your whole defensive team, but I mean, if he doesn't play, you still got to watch out for Christian Kirsty and Tana and a couple other weapons they have. So I mean, the Kyler on his feet is deadly. So I would, I'm going to put a spot. I would situational. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you there. Uh, I've got, uh, rather, I've got Cardinals. You got Rams. We'll have to come back next week, and uh, we'll, we'll just have to see about this one because I, I had a yeah. feeling we'd be split. I know you're L.A. everything all the time, a big Angels guy, uh, big. You know, big Luffy guy, big, and my boy Trey Turner's out in Dodgers now, so. <laughs> you know that, big Luffy guy. Yeah, you're, you're just a big L.A. guy. You're by the way. Yeah? Yeah. So. Just a Yeah, now time for the big question here. Super Bowl. Uh, who's going to the Super Bowl? Who wins the NFC? Who I, oh, I have I have Tampa Bay and through Tom Brady. I can never bet against Tom Brady. I love Aaron Rodgers. I do think it's going to be Green Bay and Tampa in the final game, but until it's, it's got to be Tom Brady, and until yeah. the guy's a cyborg and playing high, as I said, just Tom Brady, any season, the Blake Gates, five Gates, any Gates, AB Gates now. He's gonna. He's just gonna use it, and they're gonna use you. You don't think Mike Evans is still up after he said that he's the best player on that team? Yeah, that's like, fair. I just think Tampa's gonna come out hot. I think they're gonna come out, and and they have Green Bay's number. That defense gives Aaron Rodgers problems. Yeah, it does. Uh, which is why I think Aaron Rodgers gets over the hump and wins that game. I've got this. I, I, I have the same matchup as you do. I have uh, Packers Bucks in the. Uh, NFC Championship. I've got the Packers winning it because they've got to play less football. Uh, Green Bay yeah, wins this one, and they do so in uh, close. Green Bay wins, and I hope they, you know, and I guess I'm a big Rodgers guy. Just some Pat McAfee like I love Aaron Rodgers. They watch every time, and I would not be in the real. I don't want to put this. I am a fan of football, and those are best quarterbacks that I've ever seen. So if I get to watch them in the split, it really counts again, then sign me up. I'm, oh, yeah, I'll game of the Tom year. Brady game of the year, without a doubt. Done that. Go I'll ahead. take Tom Brady to this, to this Tom Brady defensive 10, but I would not be shocked if they win. 
Yeah, I I like Aaron Rodgers in that ball game when it happens because I I don't really see anybody else defeating either of those teams. I really don't. I think Tampa Bay will no. be a ten, Tampa Bay and Green Bay will both be ten point plus favorites in every matchup until the NFC Championship game. Correct. Then Green Bay will be the favorite by like three. Yeah, because it'll be at Lambeau. The Super Bowl runs yeah. through Lambeau. And that's the Tampa Bay's been there and beat them. I know there's no Chris Godwin, but you know Tom Brady's going to find some guy out of the stands to throw to. Yeah, he always does. There's always some short wide receiver that Tom Brady it's finds. Be a great game. That would be my game of the year without a doubt. Game of the year without a doubt in my mind. Preezy, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, stay on the line for me. We'll uh, we'll chat it up and uh, get you out of here safe. That's Nick Calabrese of The Breeze. Listen to him on YouTube. He's got some good stuff to say about uh, some older sports, but it stands. Yeah, a little older, a little it's, content, it's, it's, it stands to It stands to this day, though. I think the points we made were, yeah. were good. <laughs> All right, that's Nick that's Calabrese. Cool. You're listening to WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. This is Couch Coaches. We'll be right back with our number two right here on Stream On and WCSF. Listen to WCSF online at wcsf.streamon.fm. And now, let's talk some bulls. Huh? How about that? This is the obviously the most iconic song in Chicago sports. It has to be. The Ellen Parsons Project was serious. There it is. You can just hear him. At guard number 23, Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bulls last night, though. Ugh. Ugh. Not the MJ uh, period Bulls at all. It was... Uh, it was hard to watch. <laughs> not my, uh, not my cup of tea. Uh, not my cup of tea at all as a uh, Bulls fan because that was, uh, that was hard to watch. That's what that was. Bulls drop a heart breaker. We'll get to that this hour. Also coming up this hour, USF men's and women's hoops. We're going to talk some St. Francis men's and women's hoops with, uh, my boy Ben, he's joined the show. He's a uh, encounter writer here at St. Francis, as well as a manager on the girls on the women's basketball team. We'll talk to him. Talk to him about Jordan Pyle, 1,000 career points. Talk about Charles Worth getting a 39 bomb in overtime last week against Olivet Nazarene. That women's team is good. If you ain't watching them, you are missing out, my friend. You are missing. Out. WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. That's WCSF Juliet 88.7 FM. This is Couch Coaches. I'm Alex Melkars here with you. Hour number two coming up right here. And I'll tell you right now, we got our games of the week coming up. You're not going to want to miss those. I'll tell you exactly what to watch this weekend and what's going to bring the most entertainment value. There's a lot of really good stuff on this weekend. I'm really looking forward to all of it. But first, we got to talk about this Bulls-Nets game. Because good God, was that ugly. Oh, my God, was that bad. That was unwatchable at times. I mean, look, we started out great. That first half, competitive basketball. That's what I expected out of, out of the Bulls all game was just that. I, I, I expected 
what we saw in the first half. I expect us, expect us to play them close. You know, you win those first two games against the Nets, you feel pretty confident going into that third game. I wasn't, I don't want to say I was expecting a letdown, but I sure wasn't surprised by it. I sure wasn't surprised by it at all. First of all, you get hit right in the face in the first three minutes of the game. You know, you get hit by uh, a Derrick Jones Jr. injury. He was going to be on KD all night long. He was. We all know it. Seeing him go down that early kind of put a uh, kind of put a hit in our plan. It, Derek Jones Jr. last night, we, we, we saw how important DJJ is on this team. We also saw how important Javante Green was and Alex Caruso. Three of your best defensive players all being out against a, a super team. You know, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, all three of them were on last night. They were all on. The Bulls, obviously. Levine, DeRozan did not have their usual nights, and no one was able to pick up the slack. Early foul trouble from Io Dosumu forced A.J. McKinney into the game, and McKinney in that first half, woo, it took him a little while to find his stride. He found it for a little bit in the second half, eventually lost it again. But, oh, boy. That was... um. That was, that was that that was an ugly ball game. It really was. I'm uh, I'm not pleased as a fan about that ball game, but in the long run, I think this will do a lot of good for the Bulls. I really do. I think if you sweep the Nets in the regular season, come playoff time, you are way overconfident about a series with them, and when you get slapped in the face with a game one and two loss, whether that be at home or in Brooklyn, you're not going to know how to respond. So I'd rather have this disappointment now when we are going to have time to come back from it, think about it, you know, really uh, digest it, see what happened. We'll, uh, We'll be a lot better. We will be a whole lot better. Just looking at my notes here, right away, the Bulls played from behind a lot. I don't think they held a lead outside of the first quarter. We tied it a few times, but it was just ugly. It was hard getting back. <laughs> and I'll say this, we as a team, as a Bulls community, as fans, we got to stop blaming the refs, guys. We just got to. Was it the greatest officiating last night? No, not at all. You know, there, there was definitely some refs that knew it was a national game, so they had to show off for everyone watching and blow that whistle. Specifically, every time James Harden missed a shot, it was a foul. But, but, that's not an excuse to stop playing defense. You still got to play hard. DeMar DeRozan just stopped contesting shots. He just stopped. And I mean, look, I'm not out there on the floor. I can't tell you what's going on, but I'll tell you this. I thought effort was lacking. I really do. I do think effort was lacking at times from the Bulls. And Billy Donovan, I get it. You're going to have off nights. I get it. It happens. That's basketball. I really do. But, and there's always a but, it can't happen against the number two team in the East when you're number one. On national television like that, you have to show up. 
You have to. And I get it. You're coming off a back-to-back, but you just beat the brakes off the Pistons. You just destroyed them. You're telling me you couldn't get enough rest for those guys yesterday knowing you had the Nets tonight, a full-strength Brooklyn Net lineup? Come on. It, it, it was hard to watch. Uh, like I said, McKinney had to come in, didn't play his greatest game defensively, and I who could blame him? Who can blame him? You're matched up against Kevin Durant. At one time, I remember there was one possession, he came down the floor, we had Kobe White on KD. Whether that was switched on to or whether that was planned, I don't remember. But I do remember seeing Kobe White on KD and thinking, oh, God, this is what we've come to. And what really hurt us after the DJJ injury, Ayo Dosumu got into some foul trouble. And when he, at that point, becomes your best defender to pick up two early fouls, honestly, it took us out of the game. It took the Bulls out of the game. It did. Without Io on the floor, you know, not necessarily for his offensive production, we needed his defense. We needed his presence on the defensive end of the floor. <clears throat> Pardon me. We didn't get it. We just didn't get it. It was difficult to watch. And, you know, I sit here looking at my game notes. It just, I couldn't help but feel like I was watching the Bulls of last year. You know, a team that had promise but could never get over the hump. A team that had talent but didn't quite gel together when they needed to. A team that you loved to watch but were always disappointed by the outcome. And this isn't them. This is the new look Chicago Bulls. And Arturis has done a great job of getting us to this point. But these are games we have to start to win. Back end of back-to-backs against the best team in the NBA, arguably. You have to start winning these types of games. And I get it. You're going to have off nights. That's fine. That's basketball. That's basketball. It's going to happen. But it just sucks that it happened on a night like uh, last night. Because that would have been, I don't know. It would have been great to show the national spotlight what we're capable of. You know, Bulls were led by DeMar DeRozan. He had 19 points. Vucevic did put down 14. Levine had 22, but it wasn't enough. Look, I just, I expect more from this team. I do. But when you're playing against Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, slow start, got it going eventually, though, but everyone had it going. James Harden specifically, I think he was just too good. Uh, He was outscored by KD. Katie had 27 points on 7 of 10 shooting from the floor, 3 of 4 from deep, 10 of 11 at the free throw line, 2 boards, 9 assists. I mean, but James Harden, 25 points, 7 boards, 16 assists. 16. How does that happen? I get it. James Harden's one of the best distributors of the basketball in the league. One of the best ball handlers there is. But that is no excuse to give up 16 assists to one player. You have to make him see bodies. You have to shrink the floor. You have to get in his face. And you know what? This team, this Nets team, when they're at full strength, they are lethal. And the Bulls were just 
they were just in the way tonight. That's all they were. They were just in the way of a freight train. They they came in with a purpose tonight. That purpose was to beat the heck out of our bulls. I want to talk about Nikola Vucevic a little bit. Vuce, when he's on, he's on. And he is a lot of fun to watch when he is on. But when he's not, he tries to shoot out of it. And it becomes quite frustrating to watch. Last night, Vuce didn't have it. I, I will be the first one to tell you, Vooch did not have it. Finished with a minus 22. Had 14 points. 0 for 3 from 3. 5 of 13 from the floor. He, he didn't have it. He did not have it. You look at the 5 of 13, you think, oh, you know, that's not a terrible night. And it's not. But 0 for 3 from 3. Uh, he just kept he putting up shots that he didn't have to. And he was matched up with Blake Griffin the majority of the second half. And you're not going to get much done on Blake Griffin. He's just not. This... This Nets team, what a juggernaut. Especially if they're able to get Kyrie Irving back full-time. Whew. They might win the, they might win the East easily. Easily. Look, I've been, I've been a Bulls guy. You know, I, I've been seeing red all year. I have. I was there at the home opener at the UC. What an electric atmosphere that was. That was so much fun. This team has got to figure out how to win these big games. You have to figure out how to win on the back end of a back-to-back. And until they do that, we're going we're gonna to stay where we are, which is a good team, a competitive team, but we're looking at a second-round exit. We just are. You know, you beat the weaker opponent, and then as soon as it gets tough in the second round, I, I think we fold. And that, that's part of our development, you know? It just is. WCSF Joliet 88.7 FM. Alex Melkar is with you talking Chicago Bulls on couch. Coaches with you till 9 a.m. today, 7 to 9. New show. We're expanding our sports horizons here at WCSF. At least that's the goal. We're talking national sports, local sports. We're talking college. We got it all. Uh, this, this show, in fact, will be released as a podcast after the fact. So if you're listening, via podcast hey how are you nice to see you nice to hear you thanks for joining us if you're listening on stream on thanks for joining us in that way and of course those of you doing it the old-fashioned way with the hardware finding us and tuning in to 88.7 fm on the radio hello and welcome and good morning to you as well kd is a cheat code kevin durant is a cheat code the slenderman that man is so dang tall. I mean, even to get a hand in his face, just shoot over the top of it. It don't matter. It don't matter. Yeah, I don't care how tall of a contest you're able to get, how much in, in the face of Kevin Durant you're able to get. He is going to... He, he, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna hit the shot in your face. He just is. And he's going to stare you down for it. That man cares about one thing in life. He cares about hooping. And he has done a lot of it this season. And we saw it last night. Like I said, KD, an unreal night from him. 27 points in 30 minutes. Uh, finished 3 for 4 from 3-point range. The guy can just flat out shoot the basketball. It's uh, It is a sight to see. And how about Sharp, the center, coming in big time. The rookie for this uh, Nets team. He had a good night. He finished with 20 points. 10 of 14 from the floor. No three-pointers attempted. No, knowing your role. That's it. Just knowing your role. 
James Harden and Sharp really had a chemistry going last night, and the Bulls just couldn't stop it. Vucevic couldn't get in the way. Uh, obviously, after Derek Jones Jr. went down, McKinney couldn't do much. Brown couldn't do much. Bradley didn't do much. It was, it was difficult to watch. It was hard. I expect more out of Ayo Dosumu as well. Obviously, foul trouble early. I, I expect more. I just do. I do think, though, if Alex Caruso is out of health and safety protocols, I, I do think that if Derek Jones Jr. stays healthy, I do think if Javante Green is out of health and safety protocols, I do think the Bears play, uh, rather the Bulls play a much better game defensively. I do think the Bulls compete for all 48 minutes. And I think they have a shot to win the game. But without your best defenders out there, and this is not a slight to anyone on the floor for the Bulls last night. It's not. It's just a fact of the matter. The best defenders on this roster were not out there. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, both good defenders in their own right. But they cannot be expected to do everything on the defensive end and then go down to the offensive end and do everything. Not against the Nets. Against the Pistons, sure. Sure, I'll do that against the Pistons. But against the Nets, it's got to be a team effort. It just has to be, defensively and offensively. Five guys on the floor for the Nets can score at any time. And I feel the same way about the Bulls. I think I'm very confident in anyone on the floor to score for the Chicago Bulls. I think Billy Donovan, if he puts, them in, if he puts a player into the rotation, they're there for a reason. They're there to score. They're there because they earned their opportunity. But, but last night, I did not have much confidence and some of the guys out there. McKinney, no confidence. Vucevic, no confidence. Just didn't have any for him. You know, it, it was hard to watch. Kobe White was four for eight from three. Finished with 16 points. He had an okay night. Double figures for, what, the eighth straight game? Nine, or was it 10? It was something like that. He's in double digits now, I want to say, for... It was 10. 10 consecutive games... And double double figures for Kobe White. So the guy can play. He knows what he's doing. We just expect more. And it's not his fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's just the Nets are that good. The Nets are that good. I'll uh I'll take it to the grave with me. Brooklyn, that good. And if they have Kyrie Irving healthy, if they have Blake Griffin healthy. If Kevin Durant stays healthy, if James Harden stays healthy, this team is looking at a finals run for the first time since, what, the early 2000s for, for the franchise? Something like that. It will be hard to stop the Nets, if not impossible. And the Bulls were, the Bulls were the victims of that last night on national TV. Which, again, sucks. It sucks. There's no other way around it. But I am confident in this Bulls team to bounce back. And they have the opportunity to bounce back tomorrow night. Friday night, they've got a big one. A huge one. They've got the Warriors coming to town. That's right. The Warriors. They're coming back. Uh, look, the Bulls, like I said... 
I have all the confidence in the world against the, for them, I should say. They won back in November against the Dubs, 119-93 during the Bulls' West Coast swing. Uh, that game was fun to watch. They also swept L.A. during that trip, if you remember, watching those games. That was, that was fun. That was fun. That was when the Bulls were still under the radar as a top team in the East. Now they're not. Now they're target number one of teams like Brooklyn. And uh, it showed last night. And we'll see what Golden State does tomorrow night. However, Draymond Green is out. The Warriors play tonight. Klay Thompson has not been playing in back-to-backs. Load management. He's in, uh, he's in the game tonight. He is active for tonight's game for the Warriors. So, I would assume we're not going to see Klay Thompson tomorrow night against the Bulls. That's an opportunity. That is an opportunity for us that we have to take advantage of. No Klay Thompson, no Draymond Green. This is a game that I'm not saying it's a must win. I don't want to call a game against the Warriors in the middle of the season a must win. But this is a game that you have a good chance of winning because of who the Warriors are going to be putting out there on the floor. It's just just the way you got to go. If we're able to convert from three and contain Stephen Curry, which is a big if. It is a huge if. The last time Bulls held uh, Steph Curry to 40 points. I say held sparingly. 40 points. Steph was 9 of 17 from 3 and 15 of 24 from the floor. So the percentages weren't great, but he was just chucking up shots, knocking them down. And shorthanded again tomorrow night, it's going to be more of the same. It is going to be Stephen Curry chucking up shots. It just is. That's what this game is going to turn into. And it's going to be Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and company's job to put an end to it. Ayo Dosumu, I want to see Ayo lock up. I do. Dosumu had 16 minutes in the last matchup. I want to see him get 25-plus. I, I, I want to see, see him get 25 minutes off the bench. I, I want to see him defend Stephen Curry. I want to see him go up and down the floor with him. I want to I see him run with him. I want to see what Io is made of defensively because I know he's a great defender. I want him to prove it on national television tomorrow night. That's right. Bulls are on national TV again. The ESPN Bulls, not that great. TNT Bulls were awesome. But the ESPN Bulls so far this year, kind of a disappointment. Kind of a disappointment. I'm hoping for better things tomorrow night. The Bulls, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Go back to the Nets game, if you guys don't mind. Last night, I think the players got frustrated. I think they got really frustrated early with the officiating, and I think they took themselves out of the game. I really do. I think if the officiating had gone more in the Bulls' favor in that first half, I don't think they'd take themselves out of the game in that second half as soon as things start to go south. I don't want to say we quit, but there was lack of effort. You could just tell that the guys were dejected and they weren't mentally in it anymore, especially after the lead got to like 15, 16 points for the Nets. You could just tell they were guys weren't feeling the game anymore. They were just out. 
checked out. There was one play where two bodies laid out for the ball. DeMar DeRozan just kind of crunched, crouched over for it. But Nats had two bodies dive on the floor. Blake Griffin dove after one, and I can't recall who dove after the other. But it's effort plays like that that win championships. And the Bulls were at a point last night in the game where that effort didn't matter to them anymore. They were dejected, and they took themselves out of the game. They didn't want to put a body on the floor. They didn't want to get after that basketball. Those are the plays that win championships. And again, if it's a closer game, if it's within 10 points, I do think we die for that basketball because those possessions are important. And this happened in the third quarter, too. This wasn't even in the fourth quarter yet. But the guys just, I don't want to say they gave up, but they sure knew they weren't coming back. So that's, that's just where the Bulls were at last night. And it just sucks that it happened on national television. I know I sound like a broken record, but it's true. I wish this game didn't happen on national television because now the narrative is going to change yet again. The Bulls went from a team that's barely going to make the play-in to, oh, my goodness, they're a contender, to, oh, my gosh, they got blown out on national television by the Brooklyn Nets. They're terrible, and we should write them off as a middle-of-the-road team in the east of uh, a five seed and call it a day this team will surpass the meet the uh national media's expectations but it starts tomorrow night when they take on the warriors it has to they don't have a choice i've made the executive decision (laughs) i've made the executive decision on behalf of billy donovan that the Bulls' season starts again tomorrow night against the uh, Golden State Warriors. If I'm disappointed again, you know, I I won't be the only one. But I do think Bulls fans were very quick to overreact to last night. Uh, I I at times overreacted to the game. You know, I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't do uh, anything wrong. I, I certainly didn't tweet my feelings out, but there are plenty of people that were tweeting some wild things on the Internet saying, you know, oh, this team is, this team is washed. The, 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 DeMar DeRozan looks trash. You know, stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. They had a bad night. That's basketball. You come out and you're gonna miss shots. That's, that happens. It happens. You know, it, it'd be like uh, if I were to be outraged that Jose Abreu went 0 for 5 in the middle of, uh, you know, four consecutive games with two hits, and on the fifth game he went 0 for 5. Why Why would I be mad? Why would I be mad? The guy had been in 500 for the past, what, four games, like I said, and now all of a sudden I'm going to get mad because he had one bad game? No. No. That's not what the fandom is. That's not what it should be. This Bulls team is good. Keep the faith. Stay on course. You will be rewarded. Don't jump ship early. People on Twitter jumping ship. Oh, my gosh. This is not good. Oh, my goodness. Ah, You're fine. Stay the course. The Bulls will win these games. They will win tomorrow night. I said I'm not going to call it a must win. I'm not going to call it a must win. I'm going to guarantee it. 
I am guaranteeing a Chicago Bulls win tomorrow night against Golden State. No Clay Thompson, no Draymond Green. I've got the Bulls. At home, normal start time. We didn't have to wait till 9 p.m. The players don't have to wait till 9 p.m. They are just ready to go. 6 p.m., I believe it's a 6.30 start. I, we're going to go with 6.30, 7 o'clock start on ESPN. A normal start time. The fans will be just as excited. That place will be packed, jam-packed. The UC last night over capacity, 21,000 people in that United Center last night. We're going to have another 20,000-plus in there tomorrow. And it's going to be rocking. If the players can't get up for that, we've got a problem. But something tells me they will. Something tells me Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, all these other guys, they're going to wake up. They're going to say, look, we had a bad night. It happens. Now it's time to rebound for our fans. Now it's time to rebound for this organization. It's time to rebound for this playoff race and this number one seed that we are currently competing for. The Bulls have a chance at the number one seed. Let's go get it. Strap in, folks. We've got a wild next few months of Chicago Bulls basketball. Let's see red. Let's do it. Let's put our trust in Billy Donovan. Let's put our trust in Arturis. Let's put our trust in Zach Levine. Let's put our trust in DeMar DeRozan. I'm going to say it. Let's put our trust in Nikola Vucevic. I said it. You know, Vuce and I have not always seen eye to eye when it comes to, you know, his play. When he's on, though, he's on. And he's a huge part of this offense. I need him to, I, I need him to get back to form. And when he does, whoo, baby, this is going to be a fun team to watch. It, it will. And he will. I'm putting my trust in Ayo Dosumu to not get in foul trouble early and to play elite defense as a rookie. And not just elite defense for a rookie, elite defense for the league. And he's going to do so as a rookie. I am putting my faith in Alex Caruso when he comes back to be the, the stealing cookie jar guy that he is. Getting the hand in the cookie jar, grabbing it, running down the floor. Coast to coast, we go. I'm putting my trust in Alex Caruso to do that. How about the bench? Kobe White, you've got my trust. I'm putting my trust in Kobe White. Kobe White should not be traded at the deadline. People are calling for his head. I don't want it. I think he's a huge part of the morale of this team. If you didn't see this place give a standing ovation to Kobe White and Ayo Dosumu last night when they checked into the game, if that doesn't tell you who this team is, I don't know what will. We're going to take a break. Coming up next, we're going to talk some USF hoops. We're going to talk about this women's team and how dang good they've been. Oh, my goodness. They've been, oh, unbelievable. We're going to talk about Jordan Pyle, 1,000-point game, and we're going to talk a little bit about E.J. Charles and this men's team who's in the middle of the pack of the CCAC. Can they make a run at a tournament title? We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. That's all next right here on WCSF Joliet, 88.7 FM. This is Couch Coaches.
Couch Coaches on 88.7 FM WCSF Juliet. Alex Melkar is here with you. We've got a guest. Our My co-host, once he gets over the Rona, he's joining me now to talk some USF hoops. Ben, how the heck are you, my What's friend? What's going on, Alex? <laughs> how the heck are you, my friend? We're trying to get through, man. I'm just excited to get back. Yeah, hey, man, I, we're excited to have you back in the studio. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, Ben here, my boy, uh, he is uh, a manager on this women's hoops team. Let's talk about him a little bit. I mean, you guys have been making storylines. <clears throat> pardon me. You guys have been making storylines the past few nights. I mean, number one la- in the yeah, number one in the conference. I, I Actually, I hate to be that guy. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... But you are, uh, according to this, you guys are number two currently in the conference behind St. Ambrose. Half a game. Not by opinion. By half a game. The women's (laughs) team, 10-1 in the CCAC. They're behind St. Ambrose, 11-1. They're half a game back. Uh, They play St. Ambrose February 16th, I believe, on the road in Davenport, Iowa. That game, that's going to be electric. It's going to be electric. Be there, Alex. I would. To Iowa. You know what? If I don't got nothing else to do, I will happily make that drive to Iowa to watch that ball game. That is, oh boy, I'll get, I'll, I'll drive with Dave Lucetta down there. I don't care. <laughs> That's dangerous. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, let's let's talk about a few. Uh, we, was that a week ago now? You guys, Charlesworth, Justine Charlesworth, career mm-hmm. high, yeah, thirty nine points against Olivet, not Nazarene, in an overtime ball game. Look, Olivet. USF, we don't like each other. We we don't. It, it's almost right. as good of, as the rivalry as us and St. X, but that was a good ball game, wasn't it? I mean, you were there. You had a front row seat. Yeah, and then seeing Justine just basically take over, and it's not the first time this year that she's taken over just with her outside shot. And coming to overtime, having her attract double teams and triple teams on every possession was so important for Jordan Pyle to put up. I think it was 23. I might be wrong in that game and most coming from overtime so that was incredibly important down the stretch uh having her and then now like you said we don't even like saying next uh just as much i mean that game's coming up on saturday yeah yeah. so we have two road tests in the last two weeks and it's it's gonna be beautiful yeah and you were right porn uh jordan Pyle did put up 23 uh charles was played 43 minutes to put up that 39 8 of 13 from 3 14 of 22 from the floor she does it all. I mean, she's been she's been a surprise to me at least this year. I I didn't think uh I didn't think she would be a non-factor. I definitely thought she'd be a factor, but she's played a much bigger role than I expected her to play this year. Yeah, absolutely stepped up so much as a like in a star role, especially with Acosta out with the ankle. Mm-hmm. And um uh Caitlin Phoenix Cheney was in foul trouble that game. She ended up fouling out and Justine just took over and I mean it wasn't like she demanded the ball in every play but she moved so well off the ball to get herself open yeah. that I mean you can't not have her on the floor well I, I that was my point is that she's not a ball handler by any means you know you don't right. you don't see her drive to the basket at all she wait she moves off ball and you guys set up off ball screens all that good stuff to get her open either uh, usually on the wing because that's where she knocks down the majority of her shots left mm-hmm. and white right wing and she's a whole lot of fun to watch when she is uh, when when she's on. When she's on, she's electric. Yeah. She, like I said, thirty nine points. That's a career high for. Her. That's a lot of points for a collegiate basketball yeah. game. Yeah, and then 
I mean, like you said, not much of a ball handle. I mean, I think then you have to give credit to our point guard, Caleb C.S. Cheney, and then um, our do-it-all player, Jordan Pyle, for creating, and uh, and Braxton Mickens off the bench, too, for creating uh, so much and uh, demanding, like, you know, having that attention with the ball to get Justine open. Yeah, Braxton got the start, I, uh, I believe, uh, was that on Sunday? She had she got the yeah. start? Yeah, she, I believe so. Yeah, against Cardinal Stretch. That was an 83-62 win for St. Francis. You obviously weren't there because you're Mr. Coronavirus, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did get the uh, she did get the start in that ball game. Uh, did play quite a few minutes, in fact, 31 minutes uh, to lead the team. Her and Georgia Bolton both played mm-hmm. 31. So Braxton and Georgia Bolton off the bench. Let's talk about Georgia, a freshman coming in. Mm-hmm. How, how big of a role has she played? Yeah, Georgia, we expected her to come in and be an immediate, you know, good player. Like, she, we didn't expect her to be a superstar right away, but we did expect her to be a good player. And she's exceeded every expectation with some of the injuries uh, earlier on in the year. She stepped up and started and filled that role very well. There's been nights where she's our third leading scorer, second leading scorer. Um, she's come in and just been very efficient on some nights and, and been a great secondary ball handler for the team. So we are super proud of her. And let's pivot to the history that happened on Sunday. I was lucky enough to be there and to see it. I was actually doing PA, so I, I, I got to be the one to tell the crowd that uh, she hit 1,000 points. That was awesome. But Jordan Pyle, Jordan Pyle. officially yeah. eclipsing 1,000 career points. Uh, the the fifth-year senior uh, transfer from Eastern Illinois, she has meant so much to this program. She's on her second coach now. Uh, Coach McGinty just let Jordan play, and I think that's awesome. I, 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 I love watching her go up and down the floor. I think it's so much fun. Yeah, and then I think, like, Jordan always has been, obviously, an integral part of the offense, but then when we took the trip down to Arizona and Acosta was out for the first time, Jordan took over. It was 33, I'm 99% sure, uh, in our second game there, and she just looks like Giannis. I mean, she just <laughs> hits the basket at any point does her moves and then if not she'll kick it out and get five or six dishes in a game and it's just so fun to watch she's got to be one of my favorite players yeah and i part of that is the veteran presence she has you know she she knows what she's doing out there she's been around long enough she's seen a thing or two she knows a thing or two because she's seen a thing or two you know she is yeah and then on practice in practice on film she's their elite like the best on-court leader one of the best we have so yeah incredible veteran leadership yeah, I believe that game was against Vanguard, right? Mm-hmm. On the road, yeah. Pyle put up 33 to lead the team. Next leading scorer was Kaylin C.S. Cheney with 15. So, in fact, what, six Saints got in the scorebook that night? 33 from Pyle, 15 from C.S. Cheney, 9 from Georgia Bolton, Braxton put up 4, and Swiatek off the bench with 3. So she didn't have a lot of help that night. She just had to kind of take oh, yeah, over. It's yeah, it's tough to win games when I think we had 8 active that night. And you're playing a ranked opponent on the road in a completely different state. Yeah. It's going to be tough. New, that was neutral site, correct? Yeah, that was in Arizona. Uh, Vanguard's from California, I believe. Yeah, so that, that was, uh, it wasn't the desired outcome, obviously, but right. I, this team just received, they received votes in the last NAIA poll. Do they have a shot at making some noise in the postseason? I, give me your unbiased opinion. I, I know what you're going to say. We win in the whole thing because <laughs> you're on the bench. We win in the whole thing. But, look, from where I stand, you guys definitely got a shot at the CCAC regular season and tournament title. 
and then you got a chance to make some noise in the uh, national playoffs. I mean, Sweet 16 berth last year. They, this mm-hmm. team's legit, and they've got some returners. They, they, they've got a Costa yeah, returning, mean, uh, assuming she gets healthy again. We got, they've got a Costa returning. They've got Pyle returning. Uh, Charlesworth is technically a returner, although she didn't get as many minutes as she's getting this year. So there's people that have been there and done that. Can this team do it again? Yeah, I mean, this is an almost all-senior team that is ready to go farther than they have. I can't guarantee you a championship, just well, but, but just from yeah, being around okay. the locker room <laughs> every single day. Uh, this is a team that really especially wants to win the CCAC, and I know that that's their first goal. Um, looking ahead of that, I, mean, I know they'll love to go deep, and I'm sure this is a team that's built to do that. Um, it's a deep team. We've seen like Hannah, Hannah Swiatek, Braxton Mickens um, step up lately with, with our stars absent. So it's a, it's a deep team, and I know that we can at least give some really, really good squads a lot of trouble. Uh, I'm going to ask for a little bit of an inside scoop. Uh, how much longer are Costa looking at and uh, being out? Just from talking to Adriana, I mean, I haven't gotten any real doctors. It's like stuff. I, she oh. comes into practice <laughs> a, a couple times, and it just it's time for her to rest on that ankle and give it a bit of time. Um, so she's looking, I think, for a couple weeks here. Let's just get her back from playoffs. That's all I care about. Let's get her back exactly. from CCAC tourney. Big game February 16th against St. Ambrose. Uh, last night, you guys were supposed to say, play Governor State, so were the men's. You guys were canceled first, and then the men's were canceled. Uh, we're going to talk about them for a second here. The, currently, the men stand at 5-5 uh, five and five in the conference. Uh, that puts them right in the middle of the road. Uh, technically, it's 7th place. They're four games back. Olivet Nazarene nine and one, uh, they're, they're they're at the top, and they played Olivet Nazarene close. They they played ONU close. They're by no means is this Saints team bad. You know what I mean? And look, the final score ugly, uh, but for, through the first half they played uh, Olivet Nazarene close. Final score, by the way, ninety three sixty eight in favor of the Tigers. But I do think this uh, St. Francis team has depth. And they're not going to win a regular season title. They're just not. Four games back with where we are in the season, they would need a lot of help from a lot of people. And I, I, I don't foresee that happening. They would, first of all, essentially have to go undefeated the rest of the way. And then they would need some external help, specifically from Olivet Nazarene and some of these other teams in front of them, uh, including Indiana South Bend, which is currently ranked number 22 in the nation. Uh, Olivet Nazarene received votes. And then they need help from Ro- uh, Roosevelt, who's 7-3 and three currently in the conference. Indiana Northwest is six and four. Saint Xavier five and four. All those teams are in front. All those teams with winning records in the conference. Uh, Saints obviously right at five hundred in the conference. They they need some help. So it's not going to happen. You have to look to get this team to form. Right now, you need them tournament ready. You need them CCAC tournament ready. Uh, you need you need guys like Lewis Holy, uh, EJ Charles Bujemi to all be at their best when we get to that tournament. And I mean Bujemi has been lights out all year long he just has been he's so much fun to watch i love watching him shoot the basketball i mean bujemi this year let's see here what's he averaging 13 a game charles right behind him at 12 i mean he's he's been a lot of fun to watch and a guy that's come up and really helped the team that not a lot of people have talked about darius Wright, 55 in gold yeah uh darius averaging nine a game right now 9.4 
and what he has done. In fact, he got the start on Sunday against Cardinal Stritch, and he earned it. He's earned it. I, I yeah, do but think... I think when you watch him, the energy that he brings and the scoring, like, he's just a great point guard for that team. Yeah, I agree. And this, the, this Saints team has the depth to make a run and the talent. It's just whether or not they're able to execute on a given night and string wins together, you know? And I think being Absolutely. at home for the tournament will help. But um, it, 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 in the long run, it's just going to come down to execution. And I do have full uh, faith in Coach Marks that he'll be able to do it. Is a regular season title out of the question? Not entirely, but it's highly unlikely at this point, just from where I'm standing. Yeah, from where from where I'm standing, it, I I don't foresee it happening. I do I do foresee though a potential run in the uh, the tournament, in the CCAC tournament, and you know maybe you find your way to a berth into the national tournament. You know, fight, scratch and claw, find a way, right? Yeah, and it's it's much easier to play a team when you a, a team like uh, Olivet that is so wild and. When you see them one time in the regular season, if you come and see them in the CCAC tournament, I mean, that's a lot easier to play than when you have that much more game planning on your side and players ready for that kind of uh, game style and, and plan. Yeah, when you see Tyler Schmidt play in person of Olivet Nazarene, dropped 35 against us last time. It, 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 once you see him play in person, you get a feel for the game that he has. You, you're a little bit more prepared to see him a second time. It's one thing to watch him play on film. I think that goes for a lot of these athletes. It's one thing to see these guys play on film. It's another thing to get on the floor with them and go up and down the court. You know, and so now that, you know, the Saints have kind of seen it, I think they'll make that adjustment next time around. Absolutely. All right. Ben, thank you so much for joining me. Stay on the line. I'll talk to you again. We'll, uh, we'll chop it up a little bit during this break, but... We're going to head to break right now. Coming up next, we've got our Hot Takes presented by Hot Mike Sports. That's right, Ben. You get a you get a little ad on the show. Hot Takes presented by Hot Mike Sports. That's coming up next. And we've got our Games of the Week to get you out of here. Ben, thanks for joining the show. We'll uh, hopefully Absolutely. see you next week. I'll see you next Thursday. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> ben will be in studio next Thursday. We'll talk some NFL with them and more. Whew. Good to have you back on the show, baby. <laughs> we'll be back with more Couch Coaches on WCSF. for hot takes on couch coaches welcome back in wcsf juliet 88.7 fm that's wcsf juliet 88.7 fm hot hot oh we got it hot hot say we got it hot takes <laughs> oh man that's good i like that that was fun that was fun uh hot takes presented by hot mike sports uh hot mike sports on youtube check them out ben who you just heard talking uh Women's hoops with me. Uh, he is he is going. Uh, he, he's the host of Hot Mike Sports, and he'll join us right here on Couch Coaches. He'll join us on the couch next week, Thursday, seven to nine a.m. 
please be there. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have a great show for you. We'll probably talk some Bulls again. We got to talk some Bulls. Uh, we'll definitely talk some MLB lockout. We'll, we'll be chopping it up big time. Uh, we'll circle back to the women's team because how can you not talk about this women's team? They are so dang good and so much fun to watch. How can you not want to watch this team right now? They're, they're the best. They're the best. They are so much fun. So, hot take. What is my hot take this week? Let's circle back to the NFL. Arizona will not only win this weekend, they're going to beat the Rams, which is an upset, which is an upset. LA's favored at home. Arizona 8-1 on the road. I like that number. I love that number. So I'm going to go Arizona wins. Not only do they win, they beat the Rams by double digits. What? Yeah, that's right. They win by double digits. I'm taking Arizona every day of the week in this matchup. Matthew Stafford, look, great quarterback. Love Matthew Stafford. Love him. When he was in the NFC North, good God, did he give me nightmares. But I'm taking Kyler Murray. I love me some Kyler Murray. I think this Arizona defense steps up. I think the Rams choke big time at home. Uh, I think SoFi Stadium will be stunned silent. And I think the Arizona Cardinals win by double digits. Double digits. I think Kyler Murray runs circles around Aaron Donald. I really do. And it's a hot take because a lot of people take the Rams. It's a hot take because why in, you know, how in the world do the Rams lose by double digits? I think people would see how the Rams could lose this game. I don't think a lot of people uh, foresee a double digit loss for the Rams. I'm going Cardinals by 14. They win this game by two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. That That's my hot take. That's It is extremely hot. It is sizzling. It is en fuego, as some may say. But that's my hot take. It's hot because I think it'll be true. Cardinals win this game by 10 points. I Unpopular opinion, for sure. But Arizona winning this game by 10 points, I think, is necessary for this Cardinals team going forward. If Arizona wants to make a run and make a statement towards a Super Bowl in the NFC and an NFC championship for a berth in the Super Bowl, I should say, it starts with a big win against the Rams. Not just a win, a big win. I think if they sneak by L.A., they lose in that second round. They're like, oh, we want a playoff game. Oh, let's go. But to win by double digits, that puts some fear in their future opponents. It really does. And, um, you know, I don't think the Cardinals end up in the NFC Championship game, but I do think they make some noise here in this first round with a double-digit win. I do think they make some headlines. And honestly, I hope they do. Not only so that I'm right, but I can watch Kyler Murray be Kyler Murray and just run circles around that L.A. defense. Kyler Murray is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch right now, and there's a reason for that. Because the guy is good. He is good. That's my hot take. Send my hot mic sports on YouTube. You got a hot take, tweet it at me. <clears throat> Pardon me. You got a hot take, tweet it at me. At Alex Melkars on Twitter. At A-L-E-X-M-I-E-L-C-A-R-Z. You can also follow my WCSF account. At Alex WCSF. At Alex WCSF. I'm sure that will soon be rebranded to the show's Twitter page. But in the meantime... Game of the week. Who do you guys got? I pff, There's a lot of good games 
this week. Specifically, you know, let's start off right in the NFL, actually. Let's talk games of the week. In the NFL, my game of the week, New England versus Buffalo round three. I think that's the best game on the schedule. I do think that has the most entertainment value, has the most storylines. I think that's what people are going to get excited about. And I also believe that Buffalo wins that football game, as you heard in our earlier segment. But I would not be shocked to see Mac Jones go into Buffalo and shock the world. I wouldn't be shocked. A lot of other people would. I wouldn't be. I have trust in Mac Jones because he has Bill Belichick on his side. It's just, it's science. When Bill Belichick is your coach, you are a good football player. That's science for you. Boom. Fact. In the NBA, game of the week, Bulls, Warriors. This is not at all biased. Bulls, Warriors, ESPN, tomorrow night. Ugh. Ugh. I needed an ESPN win for the Chicago Bulls. Y'all remember when we were the TNT Bulls? We would dominate on TNT. I need domination right now on ESPN tomorrow night. I, I need a Bulls win big time by at least 10, 15 points. You want to get the fan base going again? This is one heck of a stretch coming up for the Bulls. Their next six games are five of which are against some of the best teams in the NBA. It's time to see what this team is made of. And it all starts, well, it started last night with a loss, obviously. It started last night with a loss. But it starts up again here tomorrow. Look, we go three and three over this stretch. I will be elated. We took a loss last night. Time to get back in that win column. Bulls, Warriors, Friday night, game of the week number two. Game of the week number three comes from the NHL. Blues, Maple Leafs on Saturday. The Blues 21-10-5. The Leafs 22-8-3. An extremely slow start for the uh, Leafs. Very similar to the Blackhawks. An extremely slow start to their season. They figured it out. They're a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. Blues, Maple Leafs, ESPN Plus, Saturday. That, that's going to be good hockey. That will be great, great hockey. All right. That just about does it for us here in the studio. I'm uh, very thankful for you guys tuning in here tonight. This morning, I should say. Couch Coaches will be back next Thursday from 7 to 9 a.m. right here on WCSF Juliet, 88.7 FM and on stream on. And it will also be, this episode, if you missed any of it, will be posted as a podcast. After the fact, check out my YouTube page. Check me out on Twitter so you know when it's posted at Alex Melkars. That's at A-L-E-X-M-I-E-L-C-A-R-Z. Join me again next week. Ben will join me, and we will talk NFL football We'll talk about the divisional round. We'll talk about whatever's going on. We'll talk about the Bulls and the stretch they're on. We'll talk about women's hoops again because, oh, boy, was that fun. By the way, women's team's on the road on Saturday against St. X. Big road test for them coming up. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. I've been Alex Melkars. Big thanks to Breezy for tuning in in hour number one. Big thanks to Ben for calling in as well. It's been a lot of fun, guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. This has been Couch Coaches.
on WCSF Juliet, 88.7 FM.